Hi, I'm Eric Darst, the lead teaching pastor at LifePoint Church. I wanted to just take a second and say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. My hope and prayer is that you would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ this holiday season. May you be encouraged as we continue through our series on celebrating Christmas. May God bless. In Luke chapter 1, it says that the, gay, uh, the angel Gabriel came to a virgin girl named Mary. He says that she had found favor with God. And so he came and he tells her, he says, he says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. You'll call his name Jesus because he will be called holy. It says that he will be the son of the most high. He will be the son of God, and God will give him a throne. He will reign forever, and to his kingdom there will be no end. Tonight, we've come to celebrate a birth of a king. But hear me, it's not just, not just any king, not just a worldly king, but we've gathered in to celebrate the king of all kings. The Lord of all lords was coming to earth, was coming and being born to a mother named Mary. Tonight we've come to celebrate the king, we've come to celebrate the coming of Jesus, the son of God, the one whose kingdom there is no end. And listen, that is good news The Bible calls it good news of great joy that would be for all people. In Luke chapter 2, the angels show up to the shepherds in the field. And they say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm going to bring you good news. And this good news will be of great joy. And it will be for all people. And they invite the shepherds to go and see this good news. You will go and you will see him and you will find him. And because this day he was born in the city of David, a savior, he is Christ. Go and see. And the Bible says that they actually made haste to go see him. I think that means that they ran to see him. And so they're probably amazed, a little in shock, probably afraid. They get up and they run and they go to see the child, the child whose name is salvation. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, It says, the shepherds ran to see the child, and after seeing him, they returned, glorifying God. They returned, praising God. And it says, not only for the good news that they heard, but for the good news that they saw. They saw the child whom the angels sing about. The child, the Christ, the king was born. And they worshiped him. They praised God. Around the same time in Matthew chapter 2, we hear of men, men in the east, who saw a star in the heavens. And they knew when they saw the star that this was a sign. This was a sign of the coming of the Christ. And so they followed the star. They mounted up and they traveled. They traveled and they followed the star. They followed the star. They followed the star until finally it led them to Jerusalem. They go into Jerusalem and they find the king of Israel and they say, where is he? Where is? Where is the king of the Jews? Where is the Christ? It says, we have come to worship him. The king of Israel is a little taken back by this. He's a little upset, became a little hostile. He's probably thinking, I'm the 
king. What do you mean there's, there's another king? What other king are you talking about? I'm the king. There's no room here for another king. And so he wanted to know what king they were coming to worship. And so he called the religious leaders together. And he says, hey, these guys are talking about a king. These guys are talking about the Christ. The religious leaders said, let's look into it. They opened the scrolls. They look in the scriptures. And they said, all the prophecies point to Bethlehem. And so... The men mount up, and they go. They go to Bethlehem. And it says in Matthew that when they saw the star, when they got to Bethlehem, they saw the star sitting on top of the place where Jesus was. And look at what it says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly with Great joy. The translation is great, 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 great joy. That's how it is. They saw the star. They saw the place where Jesus was. And they got really joyful and excited and exceedingly great joy. And listen to what it says in verse 11. It says, and they went into the house and they saw the child. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Offered gifts and their treasures. They worshipped Jesus. You see, just like the shepherds, God was guiding them to see and to worship Jesus. Hear me. Just like the wise men, God was guiding them to a place, to a moment, to a time where they would see and begin to worship Jesus. And I believe that for so many of you, throughout your entire lives, God has been guiding you to a moment where you would see and worship Jesus. Throughout your whole lives, you've been on this journey. Throughout your whole lives, you've been on a quest, searching for God. Every one of us, we, we may not call it that, but we are searching. Every one of us, every one of us is searching somewhere in our hearts. We're searching, and this is the greatest quest of our lives. We're searching for security. You know what security is? It's a, it's a sense of, of, of the fact that we're protected and we're safe permanently. We want security, and so we look for it. We chase it. We're on a quest for it. We're looking for fulfillment. That's our quest. We want to be fulfilled. We want to know that there's something that would finally satisfy our soul's deepest thirst, our soul's deepest longings. And so we're on a quest for security. We're on a quest for fulfillment. And we're looking here and we're looking there. Is there anything out there that will finally satisfy and fulfill? We're all on a quest for significance. We're all looking for a sense of purpose, knowing that our lives matter. And for many of you, God has been guiding you here, even tonight, throughout your whole lives, he's been guiding you so that you would see and worship Jesus. You see, when you see the coming of Jesus as the good news, 
this will be the fulfillment of your quest. This will be the fulfillment of the greatest quest of your lives. You see, when you receive Jesus as the good news, your quest for security will be sealed for eternity. When you see Jesus as the good news, your quest for fulfillment will now be found in him and nothing else will be satisfactory. When you see Jesus as the good news, your quest for significance is now found in being part of his kingdom and his purpose and his kingdom, listen to me, is made up of millions and millions and millions and millions of saved sinners. And to his kingdom, there is no end. This is good news. It is good news of great joy that will be for all people who receive him. The coming of Jesus is good news because of what Jesus does for us. But it is also good news because of what Jesus does in us. So one verse, one verse I want to show you, one one section right here in Hebrews chapter 2, I want to show you what Jesus does for us and what Jesus does in us. Look at it with me. I got it up here. In Hebrews chapter 2, he's talking about children, children of God, children of faith. In John chapter 1, he says, he says he came. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children who are born of God because of faith, from seeing and receiving Jesus, this light that was coming in the world. And Hebrews chapter 2 is talking about these children. He says, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. This is what that just said. It just said that since the children of God have flesh and blood, him, God, had to come and put on flesh and blood. He put on the same thing as the children. He put on flesh and he became man. Since the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise put on the same things. So that, here's the reason, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Now watch this. Since we are flesh and blood, God himself put on flesh and blood, and so Jesus became a man because what you and I need is a man to die in our place who is more than a man, who is God-man. We needed a Savior, and the coming of Jesus was God locking himself in to death. Jesus, becoming a child born, was him coming to die. You see, because if God stayed where he was, he couldn't die. God is eternal. God is infinite. He's glorious. He's imperishable. He doesn't get weak or tired. God staying where he was, he could not die. And so if we need a savior, he needed to come and put on something that would perish, namely flesh and blood. He came and he put on flesh and blood, which is precisely why he came. You see, Jesus was born to die. Jesus put on flesh so that he could die. In Christ's coming, he didn't just risk death he embraced it. it says that he came not to be served but to serve 
The Bible says that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. That's why he came, to die as a ransom. When you see the coming Jesus is the good news, this will be the fulfillment of the greatest news in your life. But why is Jesus dying necessary? If he came to put on flesh and blood, why was his dying necessary? Well, let's look back in Hebrews 2. He says, Jesus put on flesh and blood so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. You see, Jesus was born to die because the wages of our sin, the penalty of our sin, actually deserves death. And so Jesus put on flesh and blood so that he would die, and our sin brings us separation from God. That's why he came to die. That's why he had to die, because of our sin. The sin that separates us from God. See, our sin brings separation from our fulfillment. Separation from fulfillment means no eternal security. Separation from God means no eternal fulfillment. Separation from God means, means purposeless lives. And so the life and death of Jesus means he would take upon the wages of our sin and destroy the power of death. He would destroy the devil. Jesus was born to die, and he died to destroy the power of death. That's why he had to die. So that's what Jesus' coming did for us, but look at what he does in us, because there's more to this good news, isn't there? Look at what it says in verse 15. It says, Jesus came to die so that through death, Jesus might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver. Jesus was born to die, to destroy the devil, and to deliver all of those through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. You see, Jesus was born in order to die, and his death would destroy the enemy. But Jesus was born to die so that he could deliver us. Deliver us from fear, slavery, a life full of fear, a life full of slavery. It says that he came to deliver us from the fear and all the lies that lie within us, from lifelong slavery. You see, some of you, you've walked in this place and you have fear because you're not secure. You're looking for security in things of this world. Jesus came to deliver you from that fear. Some of you, you have, you have fear of never being fulfilled or a fear of living a life of insignificance. Growing old and then dying and then that's the end. You have a fear that hells you inwardly, captive by fear, enslaved to sin. And don't you know that the devil is the accuser? That's what he does. He's a liar. He's the father of life. So he comes and he accuses and he accuses and he accuses and he accuses. It says day and night, day and night, day and night, his job is to accuse you. To keep you in slavery, to keep you in fear, to keep you in condemnation. And it says Jesus was born to deliver you from that fear. The devil just wants to accuse. But this word destroy in the text, it doesn't mean to put out of existence. Follow me. This word destroy, it means to disarm. It, it means to strip 
him of his power. It means to take the weapons right out of his hands. You know what that means? That means that in Jesus coming and dying and delivering, it means that Jesus took every wrong action I've ever done. It means that Jesus takes every wicked thought that I ever thought. It means that Jesus takes every wicked thing that I've ever done, every accusation, every ounce of guilt, every ounce of shame, every ounce of condemnation, any charge that can be brought against me before a holy, right, just God, and he takes it and he nails it to the cross and he says, no more. Jesus was born to die so that all of the fears that I'm not good enough can now be wiped clean in the coming of Jesus and say, it is finished. That's why Jesus came. That's good news of great joy. And so when the enemy comes and accuses and accuses and accuses, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no more condemnation. And he takes all my fears. He nails it to the cross. And he says it's finished. And so now the fear that was once in my heart, he replaces it with joy. And he takes the fear that once held me captive and he sets me free to live. So now, so now my quest for security is now in the life, the death, and resurrection and the eternal seal of the Holy Spirit on me so that I know I am secure in him. That's my quest for security, how it's found in Jesus. And then my quest for fulfillment, it's not in me doing right or not doing wrong anymore. It's not being a good boy or being religious. My sense for fulfillment is now rather in Jesus coming to die in my place so that I might live. He takes my unrighteousness and gives me his righteousness. That's good news. That's good news when, when you realize you're a sinner. That's good news when there's all these accusations against you. That's good news when you realize Jesus has come to die in your place. And my quest for satisfaction well, my quest for satisfaction is no longer found in this world. My quest for satisfaction is now fulfilled in the fact that I am a child of God. My sense of satisfaction is now found in the fact that Jesus calls me his child and I am an heir to the throne of the King of Kings, the King of Glory. That's where satisfaction comes. It's not what I can produce or not produce. My satisfaction now comes and seeing and worshiping Jesus. The coming of Jesus brings freedom to all people everywhere who will put their faith in him for eternity. Matthew 1.21. It says, you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Okay, listen to me. Do you know what will make this good news of great joy for you tonight? It'll be good news of great joy when you realize that you need a Savior. It'll be good news of great joy when you realize 
that you can't make it to God on your own. It'll be good news of great joy when you realize eternal security is only found in Christ. It'll be good news of great joy when you realize that eternal fulfillment is only found in seeing and worshiping Jesus. It'll be good news of great joy for you when you realize that God has an incredible plan for you in his kingdom. Listen, if you're content without him, and you're here tonight and you just feel like you don't need him, then listen to me. That means that every good news that comes into your life will only lead to a temporary joy. I'm not saying you won't experience good news. And I'm not even saying that you're going to not experience joy. But outside of Jesus Christ, every good news that befalls your life will only lead to a temporary joy. But in Christ, in Christ you will realize that there is great joy and it will lead you to worship tonight. Every one of us will have an opportunity to respond to this good news. Now watch this because, because there's three ways that you can respond. There's three ways that you can respond to this good news of Jesus. The first one is hostility. You see, when the wise men came to Jerusalem, the king, he saw Jesus and the Christ as a threat to his throne. He saw him as a threat. Listen to me. He was a threat. Absolutely was a threat. He was a threat, and he is a threat to your personal throne, too. You see, you see, on every heart, in every heart, there is a throne. And freedom comes when Jesus is on that throne. Freedom comes when Jesus becomes the Lord of your heart. And some of you may respond to the gospel, may respond to Jesus, the Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, and say, no, I don't want you. I'm on the throne. I'm ruling my life. I'm the Lord of my life. You can respond in a hostile way, but it doesn't lead to great joy and it doesn't lead to eternal life. The second way is indifference. You see, the religious leaders, they were indifferent because they were satisfied with their religion. Remember, they looked in the, in the scriptures and they looked in the prophecies and they said, yeah, all the prophecies point to the fact that the Christ would be in Bethlehem. But they didn't go. They didn't go seek him. They didn't go find him. They stayed exactly where they were. They didn't go searching for a savior. They didn't feel like they needed one because they were good boys. They didn't feel like they needed a Messiah. They didn't feel like they wanted to go see the Christ or worship the Christ. They only cared about their behavior before men, looking good before all of you. That's all they cared about. They didn't see their need for God. They didn't see a need for a Savior. They didn't need to see a need to worship him. They were satisfied with their religion. The scripture is clear that we all need grace. Jesus died for religious sinners and irreligious sinners. He died so that all people who would come to him would be secure. So you can respond with hostility, you can respond with indifference, or the last way you can respond, with worship. 
worship, seeing Jesus, worshiping Jesus, a life that is redefined by the great joy that is found in Christ. Those who see him and receive him as Savior and King, you know what they did? They got on their knees before a child by faith. Listen, that was before Jesus had said anything out of his mouth. They worshipped him before he opened any blind eyes, before he made any of the lame walk, before he fed anybody, before he called anyone to himself. They, by faith, came and saw him as glorious, the King, the Christ, and the Savior. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. And they said, all of my wisdom was worthless. All of these earthly treasures, they're worthless because I see the glory of God as the most valuable, significant, secure, fulfilling, purposeful thing of my life. They found Jesus and they said, my quest is over. And they worshiped him. Joy in Christ overflowed as they prayed and worshiped, praised and worshiped Jesus. This great joy is why we gather. This great joy is why we sing. This great joy is why we celebrate. This great joy is why we give of our lives. This great joy of what Jesus did for us. And this great joy of what Jesus does in us. This is good news of great joy for all people. This great joy found in Jesus is why tonight we can honestly say it is a merry Christmas. Because he came and he died to deliver all of those in fear and slavery. No more condemnation. Will you pray with me? Lord, you see our hearts. Lord, you see and know every one of us. You know every accusation, you know every charge that the enemy brings. You, you know how we're held captive through sin and fear. But Lord, tonight, as men and women and children gather, I pray you let us see you, that we know the truth about you, God, about you coming. Lord, your word tells us the truth that while we were yet sinners, you came and you died. That you demonstrate your love for us and that, and that while we were far off, you saved us. Before we did anything right or anything wrong, you grabbed us. Tonight, Lord, I pray that we would receive that by faith and it would lead to great joy. Lord, your word tells us that you came. You came into this world not to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through you. You did everything necessary died in my place, you rose to life, and now you call me by name. Let me receive you. 
tonight with every head bow and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask a very simple question. This is between you and God. God does call us to respond at times. If you're here tonight and you would say, I need Jesus as my Savior. I want to see Jesus as my Lord. I need Jesus for my security and my fulfillment and my purpose. Tonight, you just simply would say, I want to receive him and Savior. Will you just raise your hand up and just put it right back down and just respond to God right where you are? Yeah, okay. Is there anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. It's another. Okay. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. 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 Jesus, we respond to you tonight as the coming king, the savior of my soul. I'm asking you now, forgive us of our sins. Give us new life, new security, new fulfillment, new purpose. Only in you. May you remove the fear and replace it with joy knowing that your love abounds for me. I receive you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. LifePoint Church exists to engage, encourage, and equip through the gospel for the glory of God. Therefore, it is our prayer that the Word of God would be an encouragement to your heart and lead you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. If you would like to support the ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at thelifepointconnection.com slash give. May God bless and may your life point to Christ everywhere in every way.